Seeking for the help of the Lord, I direct your prayer for attention to the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 2 and verse 19. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Luke chapter 2 verse 19. Our text begins with the word but, and it is a contrast to what is recorded in the previous verse, where we read, All they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and what pondered them in her heart. A distinct contrast. They all heard the same things. And yet for some, they just wondered, wondered at those things. And you can think that they wondered, they passed on until something else happened and then they wondered at that. But that was all. They just passed by. It was something interesting, something that they couldn't understand. But something that just passes on into history is forgotten. But the contrast is with Mary, she kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And we need to ask ourselves regarding our lives, when we have things that we hear and we see, and they're things to be wondered at, do we just wonder at them? Or do we keep them and keep them in our heart and do we then ponder over them in our heart? There's a big difference between these two verses and how those that heard these things reacted and how Mary reacted. And you might say, well, Mary was directly concerned this was her son. This was about her life. The other people, they were seeing things about someone else's life. So that is to be understood. That is why Mary, it meant much more to her than what was to them. They were just looking on at what happened in someone else's life. And it is true that as we go through life, there will be those things that we see in others' lives and we might think it a wonderful thing, we might remark upon it, but then it is true, it is their life, not ours. But how is it when it does come to those things that are concerning us? They are things in our life are things that directly concern us. When we think of that, we think of Mary's Son, our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ, those things that concern our soul, our need of Saviour, our need of a divine work of grace in our own soul, then 
really those things that happen in our lives do concern us and should have the same effect as it was with Mary. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. In one way, it is a mark upon us if there are those things that we are keeping and pondering, then it's as if God would put a stamp on it and say, Dear soul, the reason why you are keeping and pondering over these things is because they directly concern you. And you might think, well, is the Lord working in my heart? Is he working in my life? Is he performing? Am I his child? Is he calling me by grace? And yet here is a, is a mark of something that, in a way, the Lord tells his children, this is the reaction of one that the things really do concern them. Many will comment on religion, many will comment on things on others' lives, but when the Lord makes things personal to us, then it is because they are personal to us. He which hath begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. And you can be sure that those who have no interest in Christ or the things of God will just go on and everything may be wondered at, but nothing will be kept and nothing will be pondered over. May the Lord give us such token as Mary had. I want to look this evening at three points. Firstly, a belief in a divine plan being unfolded. This is why we sung our middle hymn, God Moves in a Mysterious Way. I believe that Mary knew this. She knew of a divine plan being unfolding. But then secondly, things to keep in the heart. We might ask in this, how long do we keep things in our heart? How long? Are they there? And then lastly, pondering or thinking carefully about in our hearts those things that are kept. But firstly, belief in a divine plan being unfolded. We might often quote and say, My life's minutest circumstance is subject to his eye. And that we do not believe in chance, we believe in things that are ordered. Those things that God does, he has planned. He has planned and purposed from eternity. And he brings those things to pass in the time that they are to be brought to pass and not before. Our Lord on earth, he said that your time is always ready, my time is not yet. There is a time to favour Zion and there is a time to bring things to pass. We read this morning in the first chapter in Matthew and we commented on those three periods of 14 generations and when we would be actually in those, the lives of those people 
all of the things that were happening, you couldn't stand back and see the wonderful ordering and plan that then was seen in looking back when the Lord was born. And you could see that ordering of the Lord in all that was happening over those generations from Abraham. We may say, really going back beyond that, but with Abraham were given the promises of our Lord. And he, <clears throat> he was the first of the fathers and the first Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Abraham who saw Christ's day and he rejoiced at him. But belief in a divine plan being unfolded is very important for us in our lives. Very important for us so that we're not over-anxious and concerned with all that we see happening in the world, the wars and rumours of wars, the nations that rise and those that rise, and we think, well, they've got power to send nuclear and to do this or to do that. Well, the Lord said, Thou couldst have no power at all against me except it were given thee from heaven. He testified to Pilate. When Pilate thought that he had power to crucify the Lord or to release him. Our Lord corrected him on that. And we should then remember that all nations are in his hand. Who is he that saith, and it cometh to pass, when the Lord commandeth it not? And so we would expect that we would see things happening in the nations. And when they happen, then we see this is God's plan being unfolded. Right through the Old Testament, we have many such things happening with the rise and fall of the kingdoms that were then. And in many of the prophets, not only was there things foretold of the children of Israel and Judah, but also of other nations round about clearly showing that God was ordering them and controlling them as well. And so it is necessary for us to believe in a divine plan being unfolded so we're not filled with anxious care and so that we do watch even the things of the nations. Our Lord reproved those in his day that they could discern the face of the sky, whether it was red sky at night in effect, is the term we know it, shepherd's delight, red sky in the morning, shepherd's warning. And he said, you can do this, but you cannot discern the times. They couldn't compare what was happening to what was written in the scripture. They weren't noticing what was happening before their very eyes. They knew not the day of their visitation. They couldn't recognize that this was the Christ. Later on, when our Lord was crucified and rose again, then the Holy Spirit was given and the disciples did. They were able very clearly at Pentecost to identify what was happening to them as what had been foretold and in God's plan. And even when they were persecuted for preaching the word, they could see that. They linked it with Psalm 2. They could see that what was happening hadn't been, it wasn't taking God by surprise, 
But he knew it and it was appointed and had been foretold. So belief in a divine plan <coughs> should calm us and should make us to look above all of those things that are happening in the world. But we would remember as well and have a belief that there is a divine plan, a special plan for the people of God, for every one of them for whom Christ died and suffered and bled at Calvary, there is a plan where they shall be born, when they shall be born, to whom they shall be born in the first place, whether they are a man or a woman, whether they are to be whatever they appointed in this life, whether of servitude or being a master in their position and standing in life is all appointed. It doesn't just happen that men occupy certain places or occupations. And then he's appointed the partners in life who they marry, the children that they have, all things, a divine plan is in place. And with God's children, that plan will include when they shall be born again, when they shall come to a knowledge of themselves as sinners, when they shall be brought to seek the Lord, when they shall be brought to know the Saviour. When it shall be brought to pass what is said, he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. And we are to believe that there is a divine plan for God's children, that nothing at all happens by chance. We are told in Romans 8, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God to them that are called according to his purpose. God tells us this, that our lives are ordered by his hand. <coughs> he is not the author of sin. We are responsible and accountable for our own sins. And like David found, even though one of the Lord's people, he had to reap the fruit of his sinnership, the sword not departing from his house. But nevertheless, even those things that are our sins, our failures, those are manageable by God. There's no case too hard, too difficult for the Lord to manage. And with his people, he will conquer their hearts, he will deliver them out of Satan's hand, and he will bring them to saving knowledge of himself. And the way of salvation is to be proclaimed to them, and they will hear it and receive it and walk in it willingly and freely of their own will that God has given them. By nature, our will will not go for the things of God. The Lord says, Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power. But it is to believe that there is a plan. In the five points of Calvinism, one of the points that we believe in 
is the irresistible grace of God. That God will conquer the hearts of his people, however hard they are, however opposed they are to him, he will soften their hearts, he'll bring them down. He's able to deal with Manasseh, he was able to deal with Saul of Tarsus, and he was able to deal with me, and he's able to deal with any of his children, to bring them out of nature's darkness and into his marvellous light, to bring them from being an enemy of God to a friend of God, to be alienated from God, to want to seek him and to hear him and to follow him. And may we have then a real belief in this plan. May we not abuse it. There are some that without any real knowledge of their sin or what it is to be lost or as a sinner, we'll just say, well, God has a plan. If I'm saved, if I'm saved, if I'm lost, I'm lost, and there's nothing I can do, I will just wait and, and hope God saves me. Well, I can assure you God will not save you, not with that attitude. The Lord is able to turn it and to change it, that if you and I die with that kind of a thought, then we will perish eternally. That is fatalism. It's not believing in election at all. And that heart is hardened. It doesn't know what sin is. It doesn't know what it costs the Lord. And it doesn't know what it deserves at all. And the Apostle Paul was very clear in Romans 6 that we are not to sin that grace might abound. Now wicked, evil, deceitful hearts love to do that. And mankind, when things go well, then, well, the Lord can be their God. But if things go wrong, then they'll blame God. I think it was the king of Israel, uh, Jehoram, that was like that. When they went out into the wilderness and uh, there was no water, then Jehoshaphat, he wanted to seek a prophet of the Lord and as soon as he came, as soon as Elisha came, <coughs> then immediately King Jehoram is blaming God for all that has happened. That is what natural man will do. Instead of humbling himself before God, he will blame God. But the plan that God has for his people is in spite of their sin. You might say it is because of their sin that his plan includes the coming of his beloved son in his dealing with their sin on Calvary's tree and in their call by grace in his time and way. And for any that is concerned for their soul, we say this concerning Mary because when the angel appeared to her, she rejoiced in God her Saviour. We read in this passage the blessing of Simeon upon them. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thy own soul also. Yes, she had to be convinced of her sin. She had to be brought the same way to be called as any. She wasn't spotless, sinless. She needed a Saviour the same and she had rejoiced in God her Saviour. And he also said that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Well, in our text we have the 
thinking, the meditating, and the subject of it. But first, before we move on from that point, how is it with us? How clearly do we believe in a divine plan and that divine plan is being unfolded? Unfolded in the world and unfolded in our lives. And if we truly value our souls, we want to look and see some tokens for good, some evidence of the work of God in our hearts and in our lives. And it will cause us concern and grief when we see the opposite. And time's sake, and ever God dwell here, or is it well with my soul? I want to then look secondly at the things to keep in the heart. We read concerning Mary, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. What things did she keep in her heart? Well, it says here, all these things. In one sense, it could be said she believed that there was nothing insignificant. There was nothing that was just um, added on. It's not really necessary. It could be dispensed with. It was just something done as a, a whim on the part of God, but really it wasn't really needed in his plan. Really, she's saying are all things. In one sense, it's like getting a jigsaw puzzle and we spread it out on the ground and we might have a, all sorts of different shaped pieces. One seems a very odd, very strange piece. We don't just discard it. We keep it to one side and we're looking, how will that piece fit into this jigsaw puzzle. Uh, maybe after quite a while and quite a bit of the puzzle is put together, suddenly you can see where that piece fits in. But no one would think, well, here are these pieces and somehow the manufacturer has put in there things that are not needed. You can just do without them. You still get the full picture. You won't. And so... When Mary said, when it is said, all these things, not only does she believe in the divine plan, but it is that minutest circumstance. But what things were they? They were things that she had heard and seen. <clears throat> if we were just to go back over what she had seen, at first, the angel had come to her and told her that the Holy Spirit should overshadow her, that she should bring forth a son. At first, she wondered how that could be because she knew not a man, but the angel had explained how it should be, the overshadowing of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. She had experienced that. She knew what it was then when she had been told by the angel that Elizabeth, her cousin, was expecting and it was in the sixth month and so she goes to her and sure enough she is expecting. We can easily pass over this 
and think, well, uh, it, it was just as it was, but in these passages, there's many things that we are told or we hear are being told and they go and they find out it's exactly as was told them. The same with the shepherds going and finding the babe in a manger. Uh, these, these things are things to be wondered at. When Mary comes to Elizabeth and Elizabeth says, the babe, John the Baptist, leapt in her womb when the mother of my Lord is coming. She'd heard that. And how Mary had rejoiced and she had sung with praise as she believed, as she realised what a blessing the Lord had blessed her with. From henceforth all uh, generations shall call me blessed. She's been through that. She'd heard when uh, John Baptist was born. Uh, no doubt that well, when she went to Elizabeth, she would have known Zacharias could not speak. He was dumb. And then when the baby born, that he was not named Zacharias, he was named John. And those things had all happened as well. Then there was the taxi. Just when she is pregnant and ready to be delivered, she's got to make that long journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem. And... Uh, then while she is there, the baby is born. The fact that there is no room in the inn. She's got to go to be in the manger, put the baby in a manger. But then she finds out that when the shepherds come, the shepherds know that the baby is going to be in the manger. They've been given that as a sign. And they tell her that. And the message and all what was said by the uh, shepherds of this unto you is born this day in this city of David a saviour which is Christ the Lord and that sign then the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger all of these things she had heard she had seen others had spoken of them things had been brought to pass other people had been viewing these things. And these things are what she is keeping. But Mary kept all these things. You think of it in our lives. Things that are done that cause us to wonder. Things that we cannot put a conclusion of. In one sense we might say all of these things they're not finished things. They are things that are pointing to what is going to be done. What is going to happen? A great expectation. And that's something to be a real encouragement to us. When we have things in our lives, we can see clearly see the Lord's hand, but we cannot see what he is doing. We can't see the end of the matter. There's things that are very puzzling, things that are very perplexing. There are things that others notice and others see, whether for good or for bad, not done in a corner, but openly. It's these things that 
Instead of just passing by, it's a chance, there's no part in the plan. There's no purpose that God's doing all these things. Instead of that, we keep those things in the heart. How long? How long do we? What about Mary? In the end of this chapter, we have, he went down with them, came to Nazareth and was subject unto them, but his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. That's 12 years later than this. 12 years later than our text. But she had to keep them for some 33 years. And her husband had died and passed away. 30 years after this time of our text, then her son comes into the public ministry. But for 30 years, apart from the instant there when he was 12, there's silence. I've no doubt there were things that were done that were also kept by Mary. But she had to wait for the full interpretation of them right until her son had been crucified, risen again, appeared to them, and then ascended up into heaven and the Holy Spirit given. And then she, with the apostles, would have known clearly what was the purpose and what the Lord had done. The disciples, even when the Lord ascended up into heaven, were saying, Wilt thou at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? The, one, the two on the way to Emmaus were saying, We trusted it should have been he that should have redeemed Israel. There were many thoughts, many things that were going on. And we may say with Mary here, the keeping of these things, these parts to this jigsaw puzzle, these parts in the providence and plan of God were kept over some 33 years. We might think, well, we've gone 20 years or 25 years. We cannot see what God is doing. We cannot see God's purposes at all. But may we think from this Mary's example how long she was keeping things that were not joined together, didn't make sense, couldn't understand, not interpreted yet. And that they are all part of a plan one day would all be brought together and clearly seen as we see it, recorded in the inspired and sacred word of God. May it be something that really gives us the, the mark, this is something to keep, when it's something we cannot understand and cannot fathom. When it is something others notice, Something that makes an impression upon us. Something that doesn't seem to have any relevance to that particular time and we cannot see a purpose for it. And sometimes we might think we see a purpose and yet don't really know the purpose of it. And then later in our lives we can. I remember when I was in engineering, before I was called into the ministry, 
and we had to do English and we had English teacher the first year and his favourite subject was public speaking an extempore paper speaking without notes without premeditation often and the second year the teacher that was supposed to have a different teacher went sick so we had the same year teacher for two years and for two years I had this teacher that this is what he majored upon. I didn't know at the time, but since it's been a real help to me in the ministry. And things happen, we might wonder at them, but not realise how needful they will be later on. There's many things that now I have skills to do and I look back over many, many years and think, well, I got that then. I never thought then that I'd need it now. And yet God has those things in his purpose and plan. And so that there are some things you might say we don't keep because we cannot see that they're relevant at all. But really what it is, we're thinking... There's not really a divine plan that includes this. What I should have thought at that time was, well, this is a remarkable thing. And this teacher has taken ill. Now we've got this second teacher. Is there not a purpose and a reason for it? Not sure whether I did at the time. So this is one of the marks. Really, Mary says, what is said of her, she kept all these things, but it is especially those things that maybe, on the other hand, will be stumbling us and perplexing us and troubling us, counting it as a mark against us, when actually it may be a mark for us. Would we have it the other way around? Would we have it that in our lives, everything that happened, we could say, I know why that's happened. I know why that's happened. Or that's going to fit it. That means this is going to happen in the future. And this is going to happen. Some do that. And they end up patterning their lives and sometimes in a sinful way, trying to map out and order their providence and order their lives according to not God's plan, but their plan. When God works, often he takes good care to make sure we don't steady the ark, we don't put our hand to it. What I do, the Lord said to Peter, to the disciples, thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. And if we've got perplexing things tonight, you've got those things that you cannot understand, keep them, keep them. Keep them as given by the Lord in your life, brought to you to keep for some future time. Sometimes people use a diary and they write down things. But often these things that are kept in this way have such a, a mark and have such an effect on us. We don't need a diary. We can 
remember them very clearly. And there's another reason why we wouldn't as well. And that is our third point. Because they're not only kept, but they're pondered as well. And it's not just kept in memory, it's kept in the heart. That Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. That's deep within, not the fleshy tables of the heart, of course, not the, uh, the heart muscle, the pumping, but it means really in, in their very being. It's not just something in, in memory, just uh, learned, but it's really made a real impression upon us, affected us. And so then the third thing is that she ponders. So pondering in our hearts those things kept. And in that way they're kept on being revived. Sometimes we might look upon that as a negative thing. You say, oh, we've had these problems and troubles and afflictions and trials and we cannot get over them. We keep going over them and going over them all the time. Wish we could leave that in the past and leave it behind and forget it. But the Lord says, no, these things are a purpose and a plan. You're not to forget them, but you're to ponder over them. That is, to think carefully about them. And I believe it will be pondering in a way of prayer as too. Laying them before the Lord and meditating upon them. Thinking upon those things. Perhaps in a short-term way, you might think of Joseph. He hears that Mary, his wife-to-be, is with child. And it's while he's thinking over these things, while he's pondering these things and thinking whether to put her away, that then the angel appears to him and says to him, To fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife. That which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. It's a good thing to ponder, to meditate, to go over, as in the sight of God, those things that are being done. How do we even put it the other way? And think, here is God working in the lives of a person, and he views that person, and he says, that person has taken no notice of what I've done. They're just forgetting it. They're not thinking about it, they're not meditating upon it, they never come to me in prayer over it, and yet I've worked these things in their lives. I know what I've worked in their lives, but I don't see any response or any reaction from them. They go on as if they are completely dead. But what if it is otherwise? And the Lord has given spiritual life. He's given exercise and concern. And when those things happen, the Lord sees. He says that, child of mine, they are reacting. They are working. He will have regard unto the work of his own hands. It's not only God that works out his plan. It is God that puts in the heart like Mary to keep it and to ponder it. And bless God if he's given you and I that exercise so that we're not like the wandering multitude, but we're like those that ponder and meditate upon things 
in our heart. Sometimes the things that will happen are because of our sin. And the Lord is calling us to acknowledge that, to repent, to turn back from it. With the Apostle Paul, as all as he was, the Lord said, It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he was persecuting the people of God, the things that he was doing. We're not told what pricks of conscience he had or things that happened in his life. But there were those things. So again, there's that benefit and that profit in noticing and going over and meditating, pondering those things in our heart. How long for? As long as they are kept. Really, it points to what is a good meditating, a good exercise, a good thought. We need to be aware, of course, that those things that we think and meditate and ponder on don't gender in our hearts bitterness and malice and hatred and fretting against the Lord. We need to watch very carefully on that impatience or working against those that may have been instrumental in bringing things about that are hard for us to go through. And so the pondering must be also examined by the word of God, how deceitful our hearts often are. But if we have the aim in view, the realisation God has a divine plan. You know, we read of Joseph in prison. Until his time came, the word of the Lord tried him. We read that in Psalm 105. And we don't know how clear he saw. He'd had the dreams, but how clearly he knew what God was doing. But there's no bitterness in the end. He says to his brothers, It was not you that sent me hither, but God, to preserve your lives by great deliverance. Twenty or so years he had to wait to prove and to realise what those dreams meant as he saw his brothers bow before him just as the dreams had indicated. God's people go through those dark paths and even Jacob, right before the time when he was to see Joseph alive, he says, all these things are against me. These things. Mary had these things that she was keeping up and no doubt Jacob had never forgotten how his son was taken from him because he says, yeah, me, yeah, breathed of my children. Joseph is not. Simeon is not. He was locked up in prison. You would take Benjamin as well. All these things are against me. And yet they weren't. We read the end of the story, the end of the account. They were working together for good. And Joseph could look back afterwards and testify of him. So dear friend, be encouraged. Be encouraged by what is said here of Mary. And may our keeping and our pondering uh, be without malice and bitterness, but looking at the Lord who is kind and gracious and merciful, who is over all, working all things according to the counsel of his own will. Take a special notice 
of those blessings, those tokens for good, the sweets in the middle of the bitters, the balancing of the clouds, those little things that uh, are given to show the Lord's good pleasure. We think of Psalm 107, so many changes, but what ran through that psalm? Answers to prayer. Low places, very low places, but then answers to prayer. And the Lord appearing and bringing them up, and they know that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. And what does it say at the end? Whoso is wise and will observe these things. These things, again, all those changing things, those patterns of prayer and answers to prayer, even they shall understand the loving kindness of the Lord. Sometimes the Lord's kindness, loving kindness, needs to be understood. The only way really to fully understand it is to wait, to keep, to ponder, to wait the Lord's appointed time. And then we shall see. Sometimes it shall be in time. Maybe others, we shall wait until after this poor world. And we shall more clearly see God's plan, God's purpose. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. I hope our desire is, and our prayer is, Lord, work in my heart. And that our watching is for this end. This is the burden and desire and longing of our soul above everything else. That we might be a child of God. And that what the Lord is working in our lives is for our eternal our spiritual good, for the salvation of our souls, to bring us unto him and to bless our souls. And that that is the, the divine plan, and that is what we're looking at above everything else, not what job we'll have, or what wife, or what husband, or whatever, though those things might feature. But the uppermost thing, the object of my first desire, Jesus crucified for me, and that be the thing that is the burden and concern of our soul and what we're watching for, praying over, keeping things, meditating of things for, that we might see this and see the Lord crowning with his blessing and with his seal. This is my work, my hand. I have begun a good work in you, and I will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. The Lord add his blessing. Amen.